Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM, let's create. Because part of the reason why you feel on the outside is like, you know, that struggle to express yourself and figure out what it is you're feeling and you're looking for validations of your identity and and how other people are responding to you and stuff like that. And if that doesn't always align perfectly with what you like, it's just it just seems so natural. You're learning so much about you. That was Jerrica Hinton. I'm Sam Fragoso, and this is Talk Easy. Welcome to the show. is an actress whose work has been primarily in television. You look down the list and she has guest starred in all kinds of shows from Gilmore Girls to Gossip Girl to Scandal. But then she got her big break on Grey's Anatomy. If you've seen the show, then you probably remember her recurring performance as Dr. Stephanie Edwards. She was on the show from 2012 to 2017. And if I'm being completely honest... I've never watched the show. It's not about her. I just, I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. But most recently, she was on this show called Here and Now on HBO, um, where she co-starred alongside Tim Robbins and Holly Hunter. She has that rare gift to make you feel something as an audience member the moment you see her. Something about how she moves through a scene immediately pulls you in, which is not entirely dissimilar to having a conversation with her. I'll admit that um, this is one of those episodes, unlike the one we did recently with Alan Alda or Rob Reiner, that was a little more structured. This is us really finding our own answers and responses in the moment. 
I understand that could be read as like a circuitous way of me saying that I wasn't prepared. Um, but I did have stuff to talk about. It's just that talking with Jerrica in my limited time demands that you be present and responsive. And uh, she made being a host of this show really phenomenally easy because uh, she was open to go anywhere and game to talk about anything. So what you're about to hear is pretty unedited, completely unrehearsed, and uh, what amounted to a conversation of admissions, both to each other and ourselves. That all makes it sound way more serious um, than what it actually is. I think 30% of this podcast is us just trying to make jokes. So I hope you're into that and game for uh, wherever else we landed. I also want to apologize in advance for the nasal congestion you're going to hear on my end. It was not planned, but uh, I did my best to deal with it in the moment. Anyway, should that not deter you, uh, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. So, here, finally, is Jerrica Hinton. The kind of guy that would say, hey baby, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? Where I don't care. You you seem, um, in my very limited time with you, to be such a positive force. Am am I wrong in saying that? (laughs) I can't say if you're right or wrong, but I appreciate the compliment. That was that was more of a question than a joke, but I think it felt like a joke. Am I a positive? I try to be a positive force in the world. Has that been true? You know, you were born and raised in Texas. Mm-hmm. In Dallas. Um, Texas scares me, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, scares me too. Okay, great. I don't like going back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think I know why. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, uh, childhood-wise, let's yeah. go back there. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your earliest memory of uh, being a kid in Texas? One of my earliest memories that makes complete, you've been to my home, makes complete sense. Like everything is going to come full circle here with the kind of space that I've chosen to live in. Great. One of my earliest memories, maybe I'm around four or something like that. And my mom used to take me for walks in the neighborhood park. And one of my earliest memories is like seeing this gigantic flower. I have no idea what it was because this is like a kid memory. Um, and the flower was as big as my face, and I just remember being compelled to stick my face in the flower. <laughs> I just wanted to be in it. I wanted it all on me. <laughs> um, and that's one of my earliest childhood memories. That's and very so specific. And now I live like now I live where I live in like yeah. semi wilderness. I mean, it's it's <laughs> the hippest wilderness. <laughs> That could exist. <laughs> I love it. No, it's very pretty. Thank you. So you were a nature kind of kid. Yeah, I've always loved trees. I've always loved flowers. I've always talked to them. Um, I've always wanted to like touch, touch and hug trees, um, and that kind of stuff. Um, See, I've always wanted to be that kind of person, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm nowhere near it. Why do you say? Wait, why have you wanted to be that? Because kind of it seems it seems more connected 
to earth in a way that feels pure and, and healthy. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's weird because when you think back on your parents, I think for everyone, you have a sort of like revisionist history about it. Mm. And you pick up what you want and what, you know, especially someone who like has gone to therapy, I think. Mm-hmm. You blame them for certain things and you and you see like, oh, how I've, I'm this way because of them. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about... Um, your parents at that age and you being a kid? Mm, I remember my folks, my folks, and in my, in my adolescence, in my younger years, my folks had somewhat of a tumultuous marriage. Mm. Um, but they put family and kids first every step of the way. Um, what does tumultuous mean? Tumultuous means um, they had problems. Yeah, they had problems with 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 their marriage, with with who who the other person was showing up as in uh. the marriage, um, and and so you know they I don't I don't ever remember them arguing and fighting in front of us, but you'd hear I, it. I no 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 I wouldn't even hear it. I would be aw- I was hyper aware though. <laughs> I was hyper aware um, that things were going on. And and that there were problems. And I remember at a very young age, like younger than you should be aware of, of any kind of adult stuff, sitting down with, with my mom and being like, so why don't you get a divorce? Just like, I'm presenting this option because television tells me that this is what adults do when they have problems. Wow. <laughs> Completely unaware of, you know everything associated with all of that and also as a child let's be like, completely unaware of what's actually going on with my parents right. and human beings um what age are you there probably seven eight something like that young very young i told you very young younger than precocious. So, um precocious sensitive to surroundings um and also just kind of confused you know that childlike confusion with well, there is a why. Why don't they fix it? Right. There is a solution, right. right? Whatever, whatever your innocence, whatever your innocent eyes thinks the solution is, there is a solution. So why don't we make the solution? Because right. this is what they teach me. <laughs> That's what they teach you, right? Yeah, you find there is a solution to the problem. Well, they so. don't teach you the alternative to a solution, which is uh, sort of just like unchecked chaos. <laughs> they don't. Te- there's no course in that. They're like everything can be solved. Mm. When they should really tell kids, a lot of things won't be solved. A lot of things won't be solved. A lot of things uh, that seem like solutions um, are avenues to more. Like it's you know I think mm, the the part of the reason I think that approach isn't taught or, or, or modeled or whatever, or maybe it is, it's just modeled by, by people being who they are. Um, but, but a heightened awareness of trying to communicate that, uh, involves a heightened, a heightened awareness of feelings and being able to acknowledge Mm. the messiness of feelings. And I think that's hard for a lot of people. And that's definitely hard to try to, um, illuminate for children. So in my particular household, growing up feelings were things to be uh fixed and not felt and so you've said that before yeah yeah and so uh that is that is 
that is how they that is how that is how that is how they got along and that is how we got along mm-hmm. yeah so you had siblings as well mm-hmm. two brothers older and younger two, older and younger you're the middle mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. and what happens you know when you're in high school do they stick it out in the marriage oh sure they're still married to this day oh wow yeah great they're gonna <laughs> listen to this and be like what the hell's going on here? they don't know what podcasts are great <laughs> and i would say any i would i have said all of this to them <laughs> um yeah, they're still married, and they have, you know, they've gone through in the however many years they've been married. They've had many different marriages mm. in those years, um, which is like remarkably normal. What uh, do you mean, many different marriages? Many different, many different. Like they've they've shown up as different people oh. in the marriage at different times, and so that changes the the ecosystem. Right. Um, and where they are now is a really is a really interesting and really good place. Um, and so, yeah. In the family unit. What would you say, you know, you're in high school, uh-huh. what kind of kid are you to your brothers and, and your parents? Um, I was, let's see, in high school. Well, my brothers and I are also very far apart in age. Um, and so my my older brother is like seven years older. My younger is six years younger. So we have like very different. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's almost Spaced like, out. Yeah. <laughs> we grew up in different households. Um <clears throat> In high school, I was remarkably, um, res- I was responsible. I was remarkably, yeah. Like, like I was, I was just, I, you know, my my thing. Since I at a certain age, I, you know, it's just like y'all don't have to worry about me. Right. I'm gonna do what I need to do. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna be responsible. You don't have to worry about me. I'm doing my homework. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this extracurricular. All I need you to do is just drive me to this place, and I'm good. Right. <laughs> so that's how I was as a as a kid to them. Um, and then as a sibling, oh, I'm sure I was terrible to my little brother. I mean, aren't we all? (laughs) I loved him. Like we had a loving teasing relationship, but also I'm sure that I was like, you know, get out of my room. I hate you. (laughs) If I don't actually know, I don't think we're allowed to say things like I hate you. Um, but definitely (laughs) that was banned. It wasn't banned, but I don't remember. I don't remember those kinds of outbursts from any of us. That just wasn't the way that we communicated. How did you feel at that age? Oh, let's see. Teenage feelings. Um, I had a journal where I kept all my poetry. Great. Uh-huh. Talks about something emotional, changes voice to do it. That's true. <laughs> Just saying. I was kind of like a poet. Uh, <laughs> what happened to your poetry? Uh, oh, what happened to that? <laughs> I have it. I still have it all. Yeah. Um, Keep it in a safe. <laughs> in a fireplace. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, what was the question? The question was because you described how your parents and your kids, you know, and your uh, siblings saw you. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm interested in internally how you're how feeling. I was yeah, yeah, because the that's world. such an yeah. age where there's like a bunch of transitions happening, mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, <clears throat> I remember for the first time developing an awareness of my body. Mm. Um, that was kind of filtered through this bit of shame um, because, you know, I, I remember developing an awareness of my body because all of a sudden I heard, oh, you can't wear that. Oh, you mm. can't wear that. Oh, you can't wear, oh, that cute little dress that like a year ago you would have been fine wearing and my, my mom would have thought nothing of it. You can't wear that now. Mm. And so that kind of like shame-based awareness, I remember developing that in my teenage years in high school. Um, I remember experiencing relationships in a much more um like chaotic and and emotional way (laughs) um i remember 
I, I mean, I've always, I've always loved school. I was a bit, I went to a big nerd, not a big, a, a tiny little nerd school um, that was like college and a high school. And mm-hmm. so um, school was fine. But I also remember, you know, I was a part of different little friend groups, but I also remember um, always kind of feeling a bit like the outsider, which I think is normal for virtually every teen. But yeah, I remember feeling like, oh, sure, I'm a part of all of this stuff, but I always feel like I'm on the outside of each, of each group. group. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. That's very, I, I don't know if every teenager feels that way. Really? I don't know. I, 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 maybe it's just in my head. I felt the same way mm-hmm. as you, but then I wonder, someone must have been having fun. Oh, not to like, say I wasn't no, like having I had fun. fun too, I was but totally, I loved it. Let me rephrase that. Someone must have felt like they fit in um, pretty easily. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know who those people are, <laughs> but I think they exist. Really? Huh. That just seems, you yeah, know, at the, time, at the time I would have agreed with that. But now I'm just like, I guess that, that's got to be just such a quintessential part of being, being that a, age. Yeah. Yeah. That just seems like it would be. Because part of the reason why you feel on the outside is like, you know, that struggle to express yourself and figure out what it is you're feeling and you're looking for um, kind of uh, validations of your identity and and how other people are responding to you and stuff like that. And if Mm. that doesn't always align perfectly with what you like, it's just it just seems so natural. You're learning so much about you. I'm trying to think what I learned about me at that age. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're experiencing so much. Yeah. How were you creatively expressing yourself at that age? Um, I was doing theater. Ah. Uh, I was acting. I was writing. I was... Um, you were busy. I was... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was I... like Yeah. Acting, writing, um, crafty little stuff. Like, all of that. All the stuff that continues today. Was there a time or rather a, like a performance where you thought, okay... This seems kind of good. Maybe I could do this thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, it wasn't my it wasn't my first professional play, but I think it was a play that I wait. When was it? Or maybe it was. <clears throat> was it? I can't remember. I don't know where you're at right Sorry. here. <laughs> you had like eight thoughts in your head. I did. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if this was like the first play that I got to star in when I was much younger, or if this was some show that I was doing around high school time or whatever. But I remember getting a review. There was a review in the paper and I got it out and I had it like pasted on my wall for years because the reviewer said something that was, you know, generally complimentary of the production, but then singled me out and said something about like, you know, (laughs) I still remember the phrase. Of course you do. Because <laughs> I looked at it so much of course. over the years. It said something about how, like, you know, her somber beauty is blah, 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 and, and she's very much in the moment, and, and amateur theater is so, is so rewarding for glimpses of such raw talent. I was like, yeah, I've got raw talent. I've got somber beauty. <laughs> it was just so over the top. To have somber beauty. <laughs> what the fuck does me well not only that but to have that at 17 or whatever age it was right it might have been 12 i don't i don't even fucking know but yeah what is that who is that guy i know what was happening for him that day what what is happening in his life (laughs) in that moment to produce those words yes there's honestly a documentary to be made for you (laughs) we better 
that would be a really interesting. Oh my God. We go find him. <laughs> oh, I hope he's still alive. I'm sure he is. I bet he said that. Um, <laughs> you act like he would remember. <laughs> no, I think he said that like at his wedding vows. Like he's. <laughs> I can't deal with it. <laughs> Oh my God. Sorry, you open up something and it's like, it's so when great. I get something like this, I have to. It's so great. <laughs> what if he did say that in his I mouth? think he did. <laughs> I've only said it twice. Once in, <laughs> once in a review about amateur theater, the second to you. <laughs> and in both instances, there is no other like arrangement of words that it could have possibly been more true. <laughs> It's uh, good. Oh, God. So you felt particularly encouraged by those words. Oh, my. I told you. I pasted it on my wall, and yeah. I had it there for years. Oui. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh... <laughs> so did that carry you on to college, I guess? <laughs> Do I ask a serious question after Sorry. anything? Yeah. Well, okay, tell me. What's your <coughs> did it carry on, me on to college? I well, mean, <clears throat> uh, rather, did that... Actually, before we even get into that. I do think that, the, I don't think that was high school. I think that was like much younger. Well, something. Whatever it was. You were a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, did that affirmation help you, you know, think to yourself, okay, this is a completely um, doable profession? I never thought about it as a profession. Okay. Um, it was always. People always say this, you know. You really? Know, people are always like, I never thought about it as a career. I never no, no, no. Meaning, a, meaning in terms of like. I'm not trying to undercut what you're saying. I understand. Um, I never thought about it as a... I understood that like when I'm watching TV, this is what these people do. I never sat there and went, I want to do that. So I never thought about it in a profession in that way. And also, I never thought about it as a profession in terms of like this, this... this lifelong pull I have to right. express myself through this way. If I it was don't just do like, this, then I cannot do anything else. Yes, right. I've never, honestly, yeah. I've never felt that way about acting. It's always <clears throat> just been like, this is a thing that I do. This mm. is a thing that I do that I enjoy to do that I'm reasonably good at. And I know that this is a thing, like, this is a thing I'll continue to do. And I'll do other things. Mm. Like, it's just, it's going to be a through attitude. line. Yeah, and it's still my attitude about it. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Why are you saying it like that? Because <laughs> it feels a little shameful to admit, maybe. Yeah, you like, seem you seem timid. Uh, I understand, I, you know, because I think about I think about friends I have who Uh-oh. have been, you know, trying to get to a certain point for yes. however many years and and have not. Um, who knows if they ever will? And you know, like they they keep pushing <sighs> against this like Sisyphean rock. And it's just like, oh man, they have such a, a thank you. Um, <laughs> they have such a. Um, I don't know if it's ever been said on the show on the show before. Oh, wait till I get to all the other things I'm gonna say. That oh, have never great! Been said before. We have another forty-five minutes. Oh, so much time! Uh, <laughs> what a hole I've dug myself. <laughs> no, but like I think about them, and I'm just like, there's yeah. some, there's, there's, there's some drive that compels them to continue down this path. Right. Um, I wonder if I would feel the same way had I experienced the career that they had. Mm. But I also, do you think things have worked out for you because it never, I don't know. There's something about energetically when you are putting your eggs in multiple baskets. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like some something like, I don't know how to explain this analogy, but whoever owns the basket <laughs> is... Uh, 
I'll put it this way. When it comes to actors, mm-hmm. you go into a party and there are actors and you, and then immediately you can see like, there's an imbalance for the ones who are doing very well and the ones who are mm-hmm. not. And there is an unspoken tension mm-hmm. because they want to do well. Mm-hmm. And there's something so raw about acting because an acceptance of acting seems to be an acceptance of the person, the person. and a rejection seems like a rejection That's of that. So <clears throat> a couple times a year, I will do these, uh, Skype Q and A's with, with my alma mater. Uh, my, my old playwriting <gasps> professor, she, she organized them. And so, you know, I, I talk with her playwriting students <clears throat> a couple years ago when I was back there to do something else. I did a workshop with like their acting kids. Um, whenever I'm invited to talk to students and stuff out here, I always go and do it. Um, no matter what the age is. And one of the things as, as we go through those kinds of workshops and stuff like that, inevitably these kinds of ideas come up. Um, of acceptance and and what the job actually is right and i you're right that it does seem that way it does seem like an uh, an accept or a validation or a rejection of who you are but one of the things i try to i try i stress so strongly is like this is in many ways uh, so many of the decisions that are made are so fucking arbitrary in this process, in this job, in this business. And so I think most of them. Okay. Okay. I'll take that too. (laughs) But I'm, I'm specifically familiar with how arbitrary shit gets, how arbitrarily shit gets decided in my profession. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the sooner, and and like, and I try to, I try to not advise them from a place of develop a thick skin. Cause I don't think it's about having a thick skin. I think it's about understanding, um, When the world is chaos, and <laughs> number one, <laughs> number one, yes, it's a shit show. <laughs> our existence is chaotic. Uh, our existence is chaos, um, and and what you are, as long as you, it's about it's about satisfying yourself, you know, more so than this appeal to to the powers that be, um, and the more that you can approach your work from that place, um, hopefully the more satisfying maybe of a career you will have because then it's more about like you and where you are with your work and your journey rather than leaving uh and and like and 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 maintaining a powerful place within that because that is what you can control you can't control the rest of this bullshit but then the part of i have to pay my bills the part of you have to pay your bills is legit right and so that's why that's why you make sure that you can <laughs> i mean you have you have a parallel career you know and i like when i was growing up i uh, who was it that introduced me to that phrase the the people at the actors fund um it's this like uh, uh, organization that you know like if you if you're if you're on hard times you can come to them um, like if you're on hard times and you haven't had a job in a while and and maybe you can't pay a bill or whatever right they can they'll help you out um when I was first learning about them, because I was going to volunteer with them, um, they introduced me to that phrase parallel career, because we're used to thinking of it in terms of, oh, you have a side job. And then, you know, intellectually, you're marginalizing that. And you're thinking it's lesser right. because it's not what you really want to be doing in X, Y, Z. But they were like, no, have a parallel career. And so for some people, their parallel career will be waitressing. We'll still like the same thing that we consider a side job. But it's about it's about allowing that space mentally and energetically within you to not make acting or whatever your creative endeavor is the whole of your existence. Right. Right. Like allowing equal space for you to uh, to pursue a creative passion and also maintain a fucking livelihood. Yeah. 
And that's like, it's equally important. Why are we marginalizing that? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think it didn't make sense? No, I just want to make sure, you know, like it just brain goes a mile a minute. And so yeah. only a few of those gumballs drop out of my mouth. <laughs> and I just want to make sure those have the, the ones that have dropped out are the coherent ones. The visual work you're doing here is really, <laughs> really very impressive. Um, when it came to your career and yourself, yeah. when was... Oh, something else. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just realized. Great. I, I, this um, is great. <laughs> When I talk to the students, one of the things, because like when I when I first moved out here, I was still very close with my college professors, and so I talked to them about some of the stuff that I was going through, um, and and they always remind me, because one of your one of your questions had to do with like you know, basically why why what's contributed to the trajectory of my career, and I and one of the things that I do know early or did I that I feel strongly that they feel strongly those professors and I, I kind of agree with them early on um, is really approaching it as a business because like hooray passion but like I said I never fully felt that way about this it was just like this is a thing I'm going to do so oh if I'm going to do it let me pursue it as a business because that's what this is and so you know sending thank you notes after every audition or making sure to do whatever kind of research on blah 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 like just like it's a business it's a business that's about relationships and so let's go even if even if like i have no idea if they'll receive whatever thank you notes whatever on the other end but i'm proceeding as though you know yeah. in the way that i would want somebody to proceed with me on right. the other end so blah blah whatever no <laughs> but, 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 this is making a lot of sense i'm putting stuff together here <laughs> I oh, think no. I think I'm getting oh, I think no. I, I think I get a bigger picture. Oh God! We'll figure it out later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh God, what is he gonna say? What is he putting together? Oh, what does come this on! Look like? Oh, come on! We'll see. You're so clearly a good person. It's Thanks. like it's not even fun. You need you need to be two percent meaner. Would you like some darkness? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't force it. <laughs> okay. Um, when in yourself, maybe it's not career-wise, or maybe it's not something on the page, but for you, Jerrica, when did you feel that you had made it in some way, acting-wise? I felt it in different ways over the years. The first time I felt it was uh, when I got to quit a job, a steady job, to go do a pilot, and I got the check for that pilot and it was the biggest check that I'd ever gotten, which, you know, now I look back on that and I'm like, man, right. that was, well, <laughs> how are they allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I remember like I it copied was, the check and framed it. It was like house money. <laughs> oh man. House money. Oh, that house. So, <laughs> homes are expensive. Um, so this is, you stopped doing Grey's Anatomy Right? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, no. This, this is years before. before. This is years before that. Before. Yeah. Okay, because you did also another pilot. Yeah. With them. So, okay. But like, so that was the first time that I felt like My I made it right. Like, up, getting right. a getting a check like that. Yeah. So that was like, how long ago was that? I don't know, a long time ago. Um, and then, and then another time I felt like I made it. The or or you know each this is this is what it is. Each time it's not been like oh I've made it. Each time it's been like oh I guess this is what people talk about. <laughs> so a check of that amount it's like well, number one hooray but also like oh i guess this is a symbol of like getting to a place right and i remember my second year of grades when i was offered a contract as a as a series regular or like at the end of the first year when they offered me a series regular option i remember feeling oh 
I guess this is what people talk about and what they want. I should say yes to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did, did that seem right to you? What? That since other people had talked about it in this way. I guess it was at that time, that decision was more of a, the, the I guess this is what people talk about was trying to figure out, Oh, Jerica, you've been doing this for, for you know, you, you, you enjoy your job. You've been doing this. You've never wanted to be famous, right? That's never been a driving force in this. But what have you been working towards? Is it this? Okay, let's try this out. And let's see if this is a thing that feels like a, um, a goal. Like, <laughs> this what? is so stupid. <laughs> because my brain just realized, let's see if this thing you've already attained is a goal. <laughs> You can't retroactively make it a goal <laughs> once you've gotten it. But let's see if it feels, let's see if this feels right. Right. Yeah. Did it? Mm, I didn't, the, that particular place didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been like the HBO show here and now yes. that felt right. Right. Being a, being a regular on that, in that environment, that felt right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I watched a couple episodes last night. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of that because I feel like that's 2018. Okay. Oh, we're still back in time. Well, you talked about 2005 or seven or something like that. I think you're right. Yeah. I'm ballparking. Okay. That's complete. I'll say 2007 seems right. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really just a complete (laughs) fucking shot in the dark. Look at you. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, I want to ask you that question that you were asking yourself, which Mm -hmm. is, what are you and what were you working towards? It's a great question. Um, I was working to I, the best. You want me to answer n- as I would now or how I would have answered then? And then and now. Then and now. Um, then I would have said I was working to work. I was working because you just work for the next job because the next job is a is a celebration and a validation. And I get to make a living doing what I enjoy. I get to like pay my bills. I get to make a living full time doing what I enjoy. So I was work. I w- it was a, it's a very, you know, coming from my family, you work. <laughs> That's just what you do. Mm. You know, you know, uh, relaxation, vacation, not not a big theme in my family. Oh, that's not a theme? Not really. No, it's more about like, so what are you doing? Right. What is your work? And so that was just a, an unexamined piece that I was carrying with me. Okay, I work to work. I work for the next job. And so how I would answer it now, and I think even some of this answer was a part of the answer back then. Um, It's more about working to build a career, build a body of work that I'm proud of, um, build, build a collection of choices and collaborators that I find fulfilling and that feed me. Mm. Yeah. That's tough to do. It is. It's so hard. What do you remember now about getting that job on Grey's Anatomy? I still remember the confusion of what job did I get? <laughs> and I've told this story before in other places. Like, the, you know, that the Shondaland world was like super secretive. And so when I auditioned, I auditioned for medical professional number one. Had no idea about anything. All the sides were were very much the same, very generic. This is mm. a smart doctor person. Okay, cool. Right. Um, so went in, did the audition, didn't think anything of it, 
got a call saying I got the job. I was like, cool. What job did I get? And they're like, we'll get back to you. And so I was like, okay. Odd. And then, yeah. Um, and then, uh, got another call saying, you know, Hey, your, your fitting is scheduled for blah, blah, blah date. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I was like, I hung up and I was like, I still don't fucking know what job I have. So now let me like bone up and do a whole bunch more research than I did initially for the audition. Right. Which was just like, what's the world of the show. And so then I started Googling like, okay, well, Am I, am yeah. I a janitor? Am I a doctor? What's happening? Yeah, like, so the people in this job tend to wear this color. Like I started watching the show. Okay, oh so if you have this job, you of wear this course. color. If you have this job, you wear this color. And so like, Your okay. good student mentality. This is what I do. I need information. Need, I, like, I function better. Finders of information on the character you didn't even know the name of. <laughs> and so like I had this mental Rolodex of like, you know, job description and color, job description and color. So when I go in, whatever color scrubs they put me in, at least that'll tell me what job I have. So went in. <laughs> Because I didn't know anything. And so they put me in light blue. So I was like, sweet, okay, I'm an intern. And then they were like, okay, go pick up your script from the production office. I go over to the production office. And they're like, hey, who are you playing? And they were like, oh, Jerrica, hi, who are you playing? I was like, no, no, you know me. And so they're like, they flipped through and they're like, oh, you are intern Stephanie. I was like, cool. And so, hooray, intern Stephanie was intern Stephanie for a few episodes. And then intern Stephanie became intern Stephanie Edwards because I lasted long enough to get a last name. Mm. Um, and... But there was some point and by, you know, still just recurring. Right. So like every week, basically, they're like, hey, you have a job again. <laughs> you get to come back. Hooray. Terrifying. Um, terif- yeah, a little. It was terrifying and confusing. Right. That first year, I just remember. That's what I remember about getting that job. Spending the first year dealing with so much terror and confusion and 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 helplessness because like. Yeah, they were just they were just trying a whole bunch of stuff out, and 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 I was approaching it from a place of I'm trying to build a character, and I'm looking for like reliable stepping stones to build this character, and and when I ask questions, I don't get answers because oh, you guys are just trying this stuff out, right? Oh, okay, Disney that's how this six. like the, yeah, that's yeah. how this works. Oh, now like in getting a getting get a greater insight into what that world is like when you're there on a more consistent basis, mm. yeah. The world of TV. Well, also the world of Grey's Anatomy is very... Um, Specific. Yes. Mm-hmm. And completely something I don't know about. Sure. Like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I told you that so before we did this. So it's a show about dinosaurs. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a reboot of the classic NBC sitcom Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't... I, I've seen the ads at least. <laughs> No, I've seen like two episodes, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sure you were wonderful on it. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want to know, from your perspective, uh-huh. what is... I was gonna, I'm going to sound like Jerry Seinfeld here, but like, what is the... <laughs> what is the deal? What is the deal? <laughs> no, just like, what's going on? Why are, so like, why are people so... It's like they're so fanatical about this they fucking are. thing. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I just I'm curious. What what I do you think? I honestly couldn't tell you. Okay. I honestly have no idea. Um, people. Does it seem strange to you? Sure. Um, <laughs> um, that was the most polite answer you've given on this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, check carefully. Um, <laughs> the every you know, but there are a lot of shows with with very passionate fan bases. Right. Uh, it's almost most like you're in a superhero be, movie. I was about to say, most of those tend to be more in the fantasy realm, though. So it's fascinating that that particular show yeah. has a similar level of, of fanaticism attached. I couldn't tell you what that is. Yeah. 
Well, tell me about, um, you did it for five years, right? Four or five years, something five like that? Five years, five seasons. Yeah. Six, five and a half, six years maybe. Yeah, five seasons, yeah. What What is it like to be so committed uh, as an actor to one role for so long? Um, it's... Uh, your positions of your arms... This is the most uncomfortable you have been. Put them put back to normal. I'm bracing. Don't brace. Okay. We're in safe territory. You know, on a certain level, depending on the kind of character, right? Depending on how, how specifically uh, the character is built from the beginning, right? Which requires... Um, a certain intention from the writers and uh, yeah, which requires a certain intention from the writers. Um, <clears throat> so depending on that, once you're in a character, but even so, I guess it, once you're in a character for so long, it can, there, there are pieces of the job that do become a little confusing because um, showing up as this person kind of becomes such second nature that you start to wonder, am I still working? <laughs> am I still doing what I want to be doing uh, in the way that I know how to approach this job? Right. Or am I just kind of relying on a, on a crutch mm. in a way, right? And so... A crutch that uh, a lot of people are enjoying. Right. Um, and so that's something, that's something that I clocked within myself after a number of years and definitely clocked around, you know, with, in the workplace. And so, like, that, that's one aspect of it. But also... I guess there's also maybe a, a certain kind of comfort that comes with that because you know you know this person, um, and it, and and stepping into such familiar skin and 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 a world like you, you you develop a competence that you become incredibly fam uh, uh, familiar with and like uh, confident in. Hmm. Uh, Did the financial security help? Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I saved a lot of money. <laughs> I saved a lot of money. Um, there's a, there's a joke that, that, that people have in the, in the industry about like, you know, if you get a show, you don't buy a house until your second year. I didn't buy a house until I was done <laughs> with that job, <laughs> you right. know? Um, so yeah, the financial security was lovely. I, I, I saved a lot and I also enjoyed myself quite a bit mm. um and i still have money left over from that and so hooray mm. yeah in that time creatively did you feel like there were other things you wanted to pursue that yeah. you couldn't mm -hmm. i mean we shot nine months out of the year oh my god so. <laughs> that's insane <laughs> that's quite the time commitment and so finding <clears throat> finding other jobs that were interesting and of of, of whatever quality you wanted that fit within that very three month block yeah, that very narrow window was a struggle and then also after nine months of shooting you kind of want you you for me at least i'll speak for myself um i needed time to put myself back together right and so how do i chase after other jobs when i also need to put myself back together um as a human being after like nine months you know well do you say that because in in that time in the nine months you felt that you were coming undone um, it's just a, stretch, uh, stretch too thin. It's a, it's a strenuous commitment in a variety of ways. Yeah. So I found that I would need, I would need more time than I thought. Um, like every year I would, I would need a bit more time than I thought to be able to find center again. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all right? Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about what that must be like. Hard. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. And, and, and I'm a, I'm a particular kind of person, right? Like I have, there, there are other people who have different tolerances for things than I do. And so with who I am and my constitution, just there, 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 there are ways in which, like I said, it was, just, it was, just, it was strenuous and mm. there were ways that it was strenuous for me that it might not be strenuous for, for say you, you know? Right. Yeah. So you, when you, you left the show, although more specifically, how would you describe or define your constitution? When you say it like that, it makes me think, oh, I wonder what that is. I think the the most succinct way to say it is... <laughs> We're on the podcast. You don't have to be succinct. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> uh, the most succinct way to say it is um, I'm aware of what I feel. And I'm aware of what's going on around me. Mm. Uh, and I don't, I don't do well when I um, ask either... Pl- uh, overtly or implicitly to deny reality. Does Mm. that make sense? Are actors often asked to do that? I hope not. I mean, our part of our job is to, is to, I, I would, no, I would say no. As a, as an actor, I would hope that you are not consistently asked to deny reality because as an actor, your job is to create a real reality, Mm. you know, like create a world and, and help that world run well it's an interesting distinction (coughs) because the actor needs to do that if they're good Mm -hmm. is to replicate reality but when it comes to i don't know what your experiences have been but based on what i've seen experienced and and heard Mm -hmm. um the actor on a set has a very different reality than really everyone else Hmm. what Uh, do you mean and that i think i've talked to a lot of directors who's who, who often say one of my main objectives is to shelter the actors from mm. the crews brewing and all the things that are going wrong mm-hmm. because they have to deliver a very hard and difficult thing that I don't think people entirely grasp how hard it is. Mm-hmm. I'll agree but, with that. But, you know, I'll put it this way. Like, you have X set mm-hmm. and you ask an a- actor how the set is going. Mm-hmm. I think their response is very different from someone who's like a grip Mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. so like they're in and also their- how the set is going is like a very is it you ask them how the set is going and that's a different answer from like how their work is going yeah how yeah. The, how their own internal performance mm-hmm. is going mm-hmm. yep so i don't know i guess my point is it, it's a hard it seems like this is why i really don't think i can act it, is, <laughs> it, it seems really like something that's not my skill set well under the right conditions it's uh i think the job is easy for almost anyone to approach Mm. but it takes a lot to create those right conditions that's what i was gonna ask you Mm -hmm. you brought it to the point where i Mm. what are the right conditions to you Mm. as someone who's seen so many different kinds of Mm -hmm. terms and conditions One of the things I really enjoyed about working on Here and Now is that everyone was such a strong collaborator. Everyone was curious and and fully engaged, like creatively and intellectually. Alan Ball is a very trusting 
boss and collaborator. If you had questions about anything, you could go straight to him. Um, you could talk it over with with the writers. You, uh, if you if you had questions, if you had suggestions, if you felt like a particular scene, especially since we were all we were all creating the world together, right? Because it's the very first season, and so you know, ideas that are thought up in the room you know, have, have one permutation. And then once they're put on the page, they have a different one. And then once they're put on their feet with the actors, it had, like things, you go through very different versions, you know, and then the editor creates another one, you know? And so everyone was fully aware of that, that it took all of us to keep this, to like, to, to create this world and keep it running. And so there was, there was incredible trust up and down and side to side. <laughs> uh, everyone like cast, crew, brought the best of themselves to work every day. Everyone was considerate of each other as, as human beings and as people who have jobs to do and as creatives who like know the world from which they speak, you know? And so, and then when it came to actually doing scene work and, and acting and doing the job, you had, you had directors who like, who really knew how to communicate with you and not, and, and, and give, give, give direction and insight from a place of, let, let's dive deeper into your world and into your character as opposed to, so give me this result. Mm. You know, one is, I, for me personally, I feel very strongly that, you know, one is the right way to approach the job. Uh, like there are very few things I have a hard right and wrong line about. That is something I have a very hard line about. Like <laughs> if you want, like you can either give a performer um, something to chew on. Yeah. Or you can be like, okay, meat puppet, create this face at the end of the scene. I just want you to smile at right. the end of the scene. Did you say uh, meat puppet? I did. <laughs> 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 On your worst days, uh, you can end. I, I can end up feeling like a meat puppet. <laughs> that is a that is a sign that things have gone horribly wrong. Mm. Mm. Well, again, good visual. <laughs> I work in pictures. Yeah, <laughs> my brain. That's how my brain works. If you if you could. You know, make anything tomorrow. I'm very curious to mm. know since you've, you know, I don't know how to phrase this, but you've been in you've been in worlds that are not yours, mm -hmm. right? They very much are like larger conglomerates. <laughs> that sounds as unsexy as it mm -hmm. possibly mm -hmm. can be. <laughs> Sorry, that's um, great. That's great. <laughs> you're gonna, okay, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I, I want to know for you. What what is the kind of thing you want to put out into the world? I really love. I mean, this is gonna, this is going to sound so cheesy and stereotypical. Like I love I love character. I love smaller character driven stories. Right. I love that kind of storytelling. That's just kind of more a slice of life. This is a piece of this is a this is a piece of society or of culture or of, or of the uh, of of humanity that we normally don't get to like sit in, a, in, an, in an almost meditative state with mm. um, I love that kind of stuff but I also would love to you know put out some like big bad shoot 'em up thriller where like you know I'm flying across the screen with a machine gun because hooray America or I don't know <laughs> I want to put shit out in the world where black women uh, black women win black women are amazing I'd like a really tender, character-driven story, <laughs> and I'd also like to go on a cross-country, like, shoot 'em up Murderous rampage. Yeah. I contain multitudes. Yes. <laughs> That's great. There's a whole range here. 
that studios can sort of pick from so when they listen to this episode. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, you, would you say, I think at this point, you are at a stage in your career where, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. No? No? <laughs> I thought you were fine. You have a nice house. Holy fuck. Absolutely not. You did the show. You Let seem, me tell you a story. Okay, great. So. <laughs> and I shut up. Here we go. So, um, I love when I have a, a guest like this who really can just take over the show for me. <laughs> I get a week off. It's really cool. I'm here for you. Thank you. You've been so supportive. Um, so I've taken most of the year off because I needed to rest. Um, and, and I bought a house and like, it's just been a lot of transition. And so, um, I know I probably, like, I couldn't handle this level of transition and also hold down a job at the same time. So taking most of the year off. And so once I started to get back into auditioning, I, there was this one, there was this one audition, like some of them, I was, you know, I, I was like, I'm like a lot. Some of them I said no to because I just wasn't interested in doing that kind of work. Uh, some of them I said yes to, but I wasn't super excited about the job. I was just like, let me do this to, you know, warm up this audition muscle again, mm -hmm. because eventually there will come something that I'm excited about and I don't want to be warming it up on that job. So something came along that I was excited about, worked on it, uh, got it to a level that I was very happy with. Uh, went in and did it. It went extremely well. Called my called my 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 reps afterwards and was like, "Hey, so this is a job that I actually do care about. So can we make sure to get some feedback or something or, and see? Can we let's keep track of this progress, right? Like, tell me. Obviously, they're going to keep track of the progress, but also communicate to me because I care this you time. Care. Yeah. So uh, we got some feedback saying that you know they really love. They were like, "We love her. She's amazingly talented. All this stuff. Wonderful words." But you know these other two, these other two actors came in and they were they were closer to what the director was picturing and so he's more excited about those two people right now. And I got that and I heard that and I was just like, whoa 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 wait hang on what the what the, what huh? But I'm good I'm great what the what do you somebody just walked in that looked like what they were talking about and I remember feeling such fury and and disappointment because I was like this sounds like it's about you know this sounds like it's about like visuals, looks, fuckability and stuff like that. Like, and then I realized, oh, you're so disappointed because that's the kind of stuff you felt like you were dealing with 10 years ago. Like, oh, like type and, and all of, you know, this, this person's light skin, this person's hair looks like this. This person is, is thinner in this way, like all this other stuff. This mm. is what you felt like you were bumping up against 10 years ago. And you believed because of what people say that once you got to a certain point that you were you would have to deal with this less oh but this is always gonna be there because this is a facet of this fucking industry so unless you are and honestly it doesn't even matter who i name because they probably still have to deal with it too right whatever person i name that's whatever uber celebrity they still have, like, this is, oh, this will always be there. Yeah. So whatever plateau you think you reach that kind of inoculates you from that stuff, it's just, it doesn't. Mm. It's always fucking there. So I don't believe, I don't, I, I still, I still audition. I don't get to just sit around and wait for scripts to come to me and say yay or nay to offers. <laughs> That's not my life. <laughs> and honestly, I don't think I would want that life. That's not exactly what I was saying, though. Okay. What Tell I, me. What I was saying, I would never think that was not part of it. Okay. I still think, like, Viola Davis and, like, Meryl Streep yeah. has been rejected. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're incredible. 
I think no matter. Actually, how- hang on. Maybe you've come up with the one example that that will stick. Has Meryl Streep been rejected in the last like ten years? I think because it didn't align. The shooting schedules did not align. Oh, is that what it is? Whatever. Okay. I don't know. Maybe not her. Um, <laughs> um, what I meant to say, which I I must have really messed up no, in my or presentation. Maybe my ears just heard it in whatever. No, way. and I and I like that you went on what you went on because. I don't think people get to hear that mm. often enough as, as uh, honestly as you put it. But I meant that you can, or I hope, you can pursue the things that speak to you in some way. I'm trying. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, because that's also a function of what is out there. And what is out there for somebody that looks the way you look. Mm-hmm. You know, so what have you, what have you found that is out there for, for someone like you? Um, there's a polite answer and an honest answer. (laughs) I'm going to give the diplomatic answer. No, come on. You're in my house. You've met my dog. (laughs) That's true. Sure she is. Um, I will say this. I think as a function of where I am in my career, I'm not seeing the worst bullshit anymore. <laughs> so that's great. But what I am getting to see, um, there's there's still very little that's exciting and there's very little that's complex and interesting. Um, and and even when when I do read the, some of the stuff that is, that does meet that criteria, right? Because like there was one point a couple months ago that I sat down and was like, okay, <laughs> you're having a hard time Jerrica <laughs> let's sit here and like come up with some criteria that will make you say yay or nay to a job like just some hard line right. if it fit like if it hits these three out of these four points then it's a yes so you're in your house you're at a, a table mm-hmm. you sit down with a pen and paper mm-hmm. okay what do you write down oh I should have brought it um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't ask you to bring props I know. <laughs> uh it was it was two-tiered i remember that of course it was. because <laughs> look i told you i am such a i'm a somebody that i dated told me this they were like you are such a fascinating mix of like feelings and heart and like analytical brain yeah it's just <laughs> i think it's wonderful <laughs> i have to say as someone who barely knows you i'm in on it i think it's cool so because it was two tiered because like in the first tier if something if something met like there were four there were four points right uh-huh. and if it only hit, if it hit three out of the four then automatic yes take the job if it only hit two out of the four maybe it's still worth considering so now we go to tier two <laughs> okay but what is what are what do you, do you remember any of the things <laughs> uh let's see tier one was like is it is it somebody that's like new in their career Right. Just starting out, really trying to get going. Right. That's something that I want to invest in. I want like I think we all need to take those chances on people. Uh So that was one of them. The other one was like, do I find this work creatively compelling? Um, What was what were were the other two? Um, The other two had to do were variations on those first two things, probably. Right. And so was money part of that? So this is what I was, this is why this is part of the reason why I came up with the tier two. Right. Okay. Because I looked at tier one and I was like, "Girl, you really didn't think about money? Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> you know you got bills to pay." Yeah. And so <laughs> tier two, the very first thing was pays well. So like, if if I only hit two out of the four in tier one, we proceed to tier two, and if it pays well, girl, come on. Yeah, gotta do it. Do it. Oh, and there's what, there's what, enough there's enough there. What about um, 
time asked of you. So, oh, that was that was a part of tier one. Um, so it was like, is the person you in their career? Is the work creatively compelling? Um, will this take? Can they shoot you out in a week? No. Type of thing. Does this? Um, I think the time commitment was a part of tier two, but in terms of like emotional, physical recovery, right. that was a part of tier one. Does this take? Uh, does this take minimal recovery? You know. Huh. Yeah. What else is on tier two? Uh, money was on tier two. I think the time commitment was a part of tier two. You know, you can you can go if if it hits two out of the four, and it only takes two weeks, you can do this. Come on with hell. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like you know a four month project or something. Um, what else was a part of tier two? It seems like you have a pretty developed system though. Has it worked? It's still yet? new. Yeah. I, I mean, there was one job that I that I said yeah, that I actually go off to shoot. Uh, next month because I was like this fits the criteria so I'm go-. like and it was actually it was actually an offer it was a script that came in and I don't get many offers uh, because like I'm not there yet <laughs> mm. and so the script came in and I was like oh, I don't know and then I read and I was like okay this is a great opportunity to apply this does it hit this does it hit this does it hit that okay you're gonna take the job right. and so now I'm gonna go <laughs> spend a month in Montreal oh <laughs> okay so it definitely hit top of tier two <laughs> Uh, do you think the, the the lack of offers script wise has anything to do with the fact that you have spent and people have seen you predominantly work in television? I don't know. I mean, that would. Here's the thing. There's a there's a there's some guaranteed ways to drive yourself crazy when you work in this business. Oh, great. And one is to try to figure out what other people are thinking when they are or aren't doing something. <laughs> and that's probably a rule of thumb for life. So I I really do my best to not spend time trying to predict and project what's going on on the other side of things. I should take that in. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I genuinely, I could not hazard a guess. Yeah. Where do you feel, or rather, how do you feel about next steps for you? You have a house. <laughs> You've done so much. Like you could end your career now, and people will be like, "God, she had such a good career." <laughs> it crosses my mind. I'm like, "Oh, what could it, if I decide no. to not do this anymore? No. Let's see. No. I could become just no. like I could set up a booth at the farmers market. Don't and buy that for one second. <laughs> what? Not a second. I, I don't buy that. No. Yeah, I think I know you think about it. I don't buy that you would ever do that. No way. Why not? Because you. I mean. I, look, do it, do it, and get back to me. I was, I was this close to doing that but a you, year ago. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think you're. I I I just based on my limited information. Mm-hmm. You are uh, one too ambitious, two too talented, and three have t- uh, like such a good head on your shoulders to not continue down this path. But there are so many other things that there are out like that's what I th- you know I guess um I'm not saying you can't have a parallel career. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying there are I recognize that this career is not the end all be all. Right. Everything. What did you consider a year ago when you were so close? Uh, a year ago I just considered just walking away from everything for a while like putting my selling everything putting my life in storage or getting rid of it all and just um leaving <laughs> where'd you go uh i was going to i was going to go all over i was going to go all over the world for like a year um and then chances are i would not have come back and i would have i don't know 
become I don't, I don't know, a sheep herder somewhere. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have found a nice job in some little cafe and been like, great, I can live out the rest of my life here. Would that actually be okay? Who knows? Maybe. I think about that. I think that sounds really lovely. I mean, here you're still going to have the same problems because yeah. you are you wherever you go. Right. Yeah. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're doing it to run away from things, then no bueno. Hmm. But if you're doing it because... <laughs> no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but if you're doing it, you know, for whatever other reasons, then yeah. There's you know, a chance it could work. You said earlier that um, you came into today in this conversation with uh, some amount of like heart calcified <laughs> apathy. Kind you of thing. said apathy. <laughs> right. <laughs> we said that. Okay. <laughs> consensus <laughs> great <laughs> group think over here <laughs> i did say that i'm so full of shit uh, <laughs> i, I want to know thinking back on how you were raised and where you are now mm-hmm. the idea of emotions being uh fixed and not felt mm-hmm. where do you stand on that now Oh, man. Um, emotions are my friends <laughs> now. They are not. Uh, they. I have a very different relationship to myself and to, uh, you know, feelings and feeling your way through the world and all of that stuff. Um, hooray therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a piece of me, a not insignificant piece of me, that wishes that there was some way to like take the whole of 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 what I've been able to learn put it in this like in this little capsule like in this little floating globe <laughs> and send it back in time uh to like to to my family to my parents even maybe like back when they met or to like generations past and just like sprinkle this knowledge and empathy on them <laughs> I would like to be able to do that, like back through my bloodline on both sides, right? Both parents. Um, because I, you know, there is, there's so much, there's so much from that approach, their approach to life, right? In terms of how they dealt with feelings um, that comes from such pain from long ago. And so when you go into therapy, you end up, healing yourself in your own history but in but at the same time because you're looking at your stuff and where your stuff came from and you're you're developing an ability to connect those lines and those threads you kind of in some amorphous woo-woo way uh start healing like this kind of generational pain as well um and so all that to say (laughs) where i stand now is yeah i would like to funnel all of this like energy and knowledge into something that doesn't exist <laughs> into some supernatural whatever that doesn't exist and just like yeah sprinkle it down the bloodline <laughs> so things can be healed and uh yeah things can be healed yeah what <laughs> but what you're asking and what you're hoping for is uh i don't know my only issue with it mm-hmm. is that you are not who you are if that happens. That's fi- but see no here's the thing when I do this, I'm creating a conundrum. <laughs> that is actually how the world will end because we will split into so many different universes, 
And so that's maybe, yeah. that's what, where I stand now is I'm hoping for the total annihilation of our existence. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad you said this. Oh, God. I was joking. No, I know. But, <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm glad you said this because oh, tomorrow shit. on the show, <laughs> tomorrow. What's Satan is coming up. <laughs> um, oh, my God. You know him? Yeah, I do. That's my cousin. Really hard to book. Honestly, I know. Yeah. He is so busy all yeah, the goddamn time. time. We were supposed to have sushi this morning, and really? he canceled. canceled. Sushi in the morning? Yeah. Interesting. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Let the joke work. Why didn't I, I, I roll with you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I fucked it up. Um, this is actually, the, I, oddly enough, connects to what I, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up, oh. which is that um, tomorrow on the show, um, we are having uh, this, this, this writer on, who's, his name is Nathaniel Rich. And he wrote an article that came out in the New York Times um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's called Losing Earth. Hmm. And it's about basically how there was a period of time between 1979 and 1989 where we could have prevented the environmental crisis we are in now. That is, that is a very narrow window. Yes. We had the information to do something, but we did not do it. And then the article goes on to say, essentially... Um, Life as we know, and I think a lot of people know this, but some don't, that in 30 years, this city will not be habitable, really. Hmm. It will be like 120 degrees, and Florida will be gone, and the coastal places will be under, like, there's, and there's nothing we can do about it, short of, like, someone finding a creative solution. And... Uh, can I just say? Yeah. To talk about such catastrophic change in only 30 years and to say somebody needs to have a creative solution, like that's such, and I'm like, not just a creative solution. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm we trying, need more than a I'm creative. trying to not be bleak about it because the article is so deeply depressing mm-hmm. that um, it's hard for me to like sometimes, in the last two weeks, I've felt so depressed by it. Oh, God. Yeah, because yeah. You, you, when you read it, you were going to, uh, email me and say, my God, how do I continue on my day? Mm-hmm. The point is, it has forced me to consider what I want to do with my time mm-hmm. in ways that I think, you know, you go to a funeral and it makes you reevaluate not only your mortality, but how you choose to, to, to do this mm-hmm. while you're here. And you and I were talking about this Earlier, just uh, I, I don't think I've even said this on the show, but I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. I, since I was a kid, since I was like 16, I was like, I 100% would like to have like two kids. Mm. I think I would love to be a dad. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to play sports with them mainly, mm-hmm. but I'd like to do the other parts. And Career-wise, I'd like to do X, X, and X. I want to make movies. I want to do this show. I would like to have some impact. Mm -hmm. And then now globally thinking about what is going to happen, barring some true miracle. Mm -hmm. It's not like a hypothetical miracle. Like we're going to need something insane. It does make me think, I don't know. uh, Do I want to have kids in this lifetime? Mm -hmm. Do I want to do X and X in my career? Mm -hmm. What? How do I want to spend my time? Mm. And uh, this is a long-winded way of asking you where you're at with all of that. Oh, my God. Um, 
That's a lot. Well, practically, I guess I shouldn't have bought a house. (laughs) (laughs) It's been great having you on the show. I'll see you later. Yeah, that's depressing. So, <laughs> uh, I don't want children. So, uh, can I, thanks for that validation. Well, <laughs> thanks for validating that choice. Can I ask you something yeah. that's completely sincere? Yeah. Um, that's a lot. To, that was so much to dive into. Sam. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just how we're going to end it. We're going to we're going to get into it and then we'll leave. Okay. But is that hard to say out loud? No, it's not. Mm-mm. No, um, I'm not saying it should be. I just yeah. I fear that it could be. I it, I mean, well, it's never been hard for me to say out loud. The uh, the conversations that follow can be right. annoying with with friends and also potential no, never partners. With no, never with friends, never with partners, because that's just that's something I'm very clear about with potential mm. partner. Um, if that's if that is a future that they envision, then I am likely not the person for them. But. The the conversations become no. I remember I remember having a conversation with one coworker one time around this, and I said that I didn't want kids, and and he said, "Oh well, you say that now one day," and I was like, "No, I know I don't want them." Oh well, you just you just don't know that. I'm just like I don't understand why you. If I told you I didn't want fish for lunch, would you tell me? Oh man, wait till you try the fish. No, I don't fucking want fish for lunch. <laughs> I just know it. Um, so <laughs> to me, this is the same thing. Listen right. to my words. So yeah, it's only, it only becomes difficult or annoying when I have, when conversations go down that avenue. But the people that I talk with about like those conversations, that rare, that honestly rarely, rarely happens. Mm. Yeah. And the scary big picture oh global God. question that oh terrified you? Yeah. I mean, well, what is the question though? I guess it's. If you could control what was going to happen to you, mm-hmm. in, in some way we do, but in other ways we don't, mm-hmm. what do the next like, 10, 20 years look like for you? Um, the next 10, 20 years, I, over the past year, I've developed a, sh- a shift in, in attention. As I as I've been thinking, as I was thinking about buying the house, and as I bought the house and stuff like that, you know, and and now I have this place to, to grow all this food and stuff like that, and I'm really thinking about how can this place be of service to the community? How can this place, um, <laughs> help help in 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 some capacity? And so as I sit with that impulse, that desire, I'm sure that's that's going to that's going to evolve into something specific that, that I hope, um, is, is fruitful in a big way. And so I see, I see that, that path, that Avenue feels, feels right and good. And, and, and like, you know, I'm cutting, I'm cutting the path. I'm cutting, clearing it. (laughs) Um, career wise, I see a shift from, from, from acting. I see a shift out of acting. Um, into some other, uh, uh, some other facet. Um, cause it no longer suits you because I've always been more interested in, in creating and, 
in different ways. And so I've gotten to create in this very specific way for a number of years now. And I can't help but think there will come a point where I'm, I, I itch to create in, in other ways. Mm. Um, where like, you know, this, this will have hit its limits of being um, satisfying. Yeah, but none of that, none of that, I mean, none of that serves to help. <laughs> help the direction of the planet. Um, maybe the first thing, maybe something, something with the property might. If your parents were here mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and I asked them, are you proud of, of what Jerrica has done with her life? What would they say? They would break into gigantic smiles and say yes emphatically. <laughs> They're the sweet. They're sweet. How does that make you feel? Loved. <laughs> <laughs> Loved and supported. Um, yeah, they've always been incredibly loving and supportive. Uh, and so, and I know that they're proud. Uh, and that makes me happy. And, you know, I like to bring them along on the journey whenever I can, you know, uh, bring them out here often. Hmm. And yeah, I just, yeah, it makes me feel like a good daughter (laughs) to be able to do that for them. Are you proud of yourself? I am. I am. Um, I don't think about career when I answer that question. I think (laughs) about like emotional journey, spiritual journey, um, like human journey. Yeah. I think about it from that aspect and I'm very proud. It feels like we've taken a long journey here. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it was useful. Have we hit all the stops? (laughs) Uh, You had the roadmap. I don't know. (laughs) See, that's that's the thing. People come in, they think I have a roadmap. I I have no roadmap. (laughs) I've I've enjoyed exploring. Okay, great. Uh, Jerrica, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Sam. Special thanks to Jerrica for coming to the house and breaking bread with us. If you'd like to find out more about her work, be sure to visit our show notes at www.talkeasypod.com. You can most recently see her on the HBO original series Here and Now, where she co-stars alongside Holly Hunter and Tim Robbins. You can also stream, I believe, most if not all of Grey's Anatomy on Netflix in case you need to binge watch that. I think I may need to binge watch that. And if you like today's episode of the show, um, you'd probably enjoy other conversations we've had this year with actors like Ollie Shockhat, Gillian Jacobs, John Cho, the list goes on. You can find all of those episodes on our website, SoundCloud, and iTunes. As always, the show is executive produced by David Chen, graphics by Ian Jones, illustrations by Krishna Shenoy, our associate producer is Elliot Weintraub, and the show is produced by Dylan Peck. I'm Sam Fragoso. 
thank you for listening to Talk Easy. And uh, I didn't talk about it in the intro, but uh, rest in peace and much love to the great Aretha Franklin. You will be missed every single day that you are gone. And uh, I don't know what the hell we're going to do without you. But uh, for now, she'll play us out. Have a good week, everyone. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, 
you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 